Welcome to the Art of Successful Living. My name is Joanne Williams. This podcast is about learning how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. We are starting a new series. This new series is called Daniel's Dream and the Four Beasts. We're going to be looking specifically at Daniel chapter 7. Have you ever wondered about the last days or how the world will end? There is so much talk about the war in Ukraine, oil prices, and just a myriad of other things. It leads us to believe we're living in the last days. This dream Daniel had is telling us about the end of days and the Antichrist. He is telling us the end from the beginning. Way back in the day, he's telling us about things to come. And a lot of people want to know, since America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy, what happens to it? Well, I want to give you some history and some insight on these very questions. If you have ever read Daniel chapter 7, you know this chapter deals with Bible prophecy. Why is Bible prophecy so important? Well, let me give you a couple of reasons. Number one, because an understanding of Bible prophecy helps us to interpret and apply the Bible accurately. Second, an understanding of Bible prophecy motivates us toward godly living. Third, it lets us know what the future holds. Lastly, God is saying, now I have told you before it happens so that when it happens, you may believe. Now, having said that, let's talk about what scripture specifically we're going to be studying. Well, as I said before, we're only going to be studying Daniel chapter seven. But in order to do so, we need to start with a little bit of background information. Also, I strongly encourage you to go back and read the first six chapters of the book of Daniel. We right now we're going to begin with Daniel and his friends. We want to talk a little bit about them and give you a little bit of background about them before we get into um actually before we get into Daniel chapter 7. Now, among them from the sons of Judah were Daniel Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. All four bore names associating them with the God of Israel. Daniel, his name means God is my judge. Hananiah, his name means Yahweh has been gracious. Mishael, who is, what is God? Azariah, 
Yahweh has help. Now, they were captured and brought to Babylon. And the commander of the official assigned new names to them once they were captured and deported and brought to Babylon. So there, the, the commander of the army, he gives them new names. To Daniel, he assigned the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, he gave the name Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. It is believed that when Daniel went into exile as a young man in 605 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar forced Jehoiakim to submit to the new Babylonian kingdom. And Daniel's ministry, once he was there, uh, continued into the third year of Cyrus. So, man, he went in and Nebuchadnezzar was the king and Daniel was there many years and he continued until the third year of Cyrus. Daniel ministered for about 69 years. Whoa, that's a long time. 69 years. Man, anybody been on their job that long? You know, most of us 25, 30 years, but 69, boy, that's a long time. If he were about 16 at the time of his captivity, he would have been somewhere around 85 when he made his last prophecy, when he finished the job. The first six chapters of the book of Daniel are simple stories of faith under pressure. Daniel and his three friends, having been forced to leave their homeland Israel and settle in the Babylonian king's palace are compelled to learn foreign ways in preparation to serve the government, which has um, made a hostile incursion against Israel and looms dangerously over the country of their birth. In other words, you know, when they came, when Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians came and, and, and conquered Israel, you know, now they basically ruling and reigning over them. And the book of Daniel lets us know each chapter or each uh, uh, day or year or whatever that they're over there, it brings new challenges to them. And each time they rise to meet the crisis, because remember, they got a bit different background from the Babylonians. These are Israelites and they serve the one true God. And now they're in this country that has a bunch of gods. None of them is the God that they serve. Neither Daniel nor his three friends waver in their faith or ponder their actions. They seek divine help, help, but they are confident in God, even if God might not preserve their lives through a trial. Because they went through a couple of trials. 
And they're like, you know, we're going to serve God no matter what. But God is up to the task, demonstrating his sovereignty, his power over human intentions again and again. The stories of Daniel and his friends um, have spoken to us and, and to many believers, including the youngest of children. How many of us who grew up in the church remember the stories of Daniel? You know, Daniel uh, and his friends, you know, um, in the fiery furnace, Daniel in the lion's den. We grew up on this stuff in Sunday school and vacation Bible study. Daniel appears to have written his book to encourage his fellow countrymen to remain true to the one true God during their time of exile and to remind them the Lord still has a plan for them because he's going to deliver them at some point and for believers today who are under pressure in this day and age. There's a message for us. We have to remember Daniel and his friends survived that fiery furnace. He, Daniel alone survived the lion's den because the whole time they were going through all these different situations, he and his friends were protected by God. Didn't mean they didn't have to go through something, but whatever situation they were in, God was in it with them. They were never alone. They stood in the midst of a pagan culture. Now we're going to get to Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 14. And it reads again, Daniel chapter 7. And I'm beginning the first verse, uh, verse 1. And remember, David's name has been changed. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was laying on his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven, churning up the great sea. He's talking about the Mediterranean Sea. Four great beasts, each different from the other, came up out of the sea. The first was like a lion. And it had wings of an eagle. I watched it until the wings were torn off. And it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a man. And the heart of a man was given to it. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on its sides and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, get up and eat your fill of your fill of flesh. 
after that, I looked, and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard. And on its back, it had four wings, like those of a bird. This beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. After that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot wherever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them. And three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing. Coming down from before him, thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beast had been stripped of their authority, but were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and led into his presence. He was, giving author he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power all peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Wow. I am going to stop right here. I'm going to pick up next time when I begin to break down the meaning of this dream. In the meantime, I want you to remember that we have been bought with a price to be ambassadors for Christ.
and our salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. So let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Jesus Christ is coming again. He is coming back. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian believers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as we reflect on the love of God and the word of God. Join us every Wednesday and click that subscribe button so you can be notified when the next podcast comes out. While you're at it, spread the news to your family and friends to check out this podcast. Until next time, all my kings and queens, be blessed.